Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. Another Monday. Another Monday where next Monday will be a special Monday. Not because it will be a BBP Monday, but because it will be the start of West Miller year three, first year in the Big 12. Ten toes down. Ready to rock, ready to roll. We're going to discuss a little bit more on that and the happenings of the basketball side of things in the last week. It's also a Monday where uh, we're, you know, regret, regrettably and, and frustratingly and, and, and whatever different synonym of those words you want to throw in there, we need to rehash another tough loss. This one on the road in Stillwater, Oklahoma, to the Cowboys out there. Rooting Tootin, Oklahoma State. A bit of a drumming. The uh, toughest loss of the year, point spread wise. We'll pack that, unpack it, get it all going. And then, of course, it's also another Monday where it only gets better because I get to talk to my pals, my guys, my Bearcat dudes, if you will. That's right. Only two right now. Only two right now. We're getting a third here soon. But without further ado, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith, the original OGs. Gentlemen, how are we? We're here. We are here. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're here. That is correct. We are here. That is correct. Yeah. We don't necessarily want to be here. Hey, man. Uh, but we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. That's about right. That's that's the type of dedication we have to our audience. Is that uh guess what? Six game, six game losing streaks wear on the content producers as well. Yeah, because there's, I don't know how much more there is, just like analyze to break down to discuss. If if it was the saying, if it's broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So what's like the opposite of that? Uh, if it is broke, fix it. Blow the whole thing up. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll dive know. into that. We'll dive into that. Good. That's but that's but we right do now. have we do have basketball. A Shimon Shimon Mateo days away to starting up to, to firing on all cylinders. I I mean that's that's a cause for excitement. So um, hooray! <laughs> it is, it is. But the weekend I said we hooray. Good. Have you ever played Booray? Speaking of hooray, have you played Booray? It's a, it's a no. fun game out there. Nice little, uh, nice little card game. A little fun. This, that, and the other. Thirty Walrus. We will keep you from your paper, my man. Lock in, enjoy. But uh, you know, hey, hey, Ron, sir, how are we? I'm gonna pass it to you a lot. I'm excited to hear your your input all throughout the pod today. I'm enjoying your excitement. How are we? I hate rainy, cold days. I can't wait to see the sun again. I feel like it's been days. So it'll be like May, both metaphorically and uh, and actually. This is this is uh, we're entering winter. Yeah, yeah, I but it's, it's gonna it. like the, the one day that we want it to be cold. Saturday, when Orlando Tech comes to town, it's gonna be like sixty and sunny, right? And it's a afternoon game. Well, because because so, they bring the warmth with them, they bring something with them. Okay. Chlamydia. Whoa. <laughs> wow. 
Okay. The last time UC went down there, they came home with. Never mind. Oh. Came home with 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 with. I, you mean last? Not the last time, but the time before. The time before that, right? Came home with the W. That's what they came home with. How about that? Among other things, plenty of other things. Um, Aaron, the weekend was good though. You staying Athens all weekend? Yes, I had to think about it. Okay. Um, little little trunk or treat action mm. on Saturday in okay. the rain and cold. What'd you, you dress up as? Um, Grant from Jurassic Park. I think that was his name. Well, hey, I'm sure you looked great. <laughs> I don't know what Grant from Jurassic Park looks like, but hey. The, the, the main guy, the, the guy who would... With, with the glasses? Jeff with the sunglasses, Goldblum. yeah. No, not Jeff Goldblum. The other guy. Not not the Colonel Sanders guy either, but the other guy. Yeah, that guy. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, you know what, guys? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're if you're trick or treating or trunk or treating, if you will, and your truck breaks down while you're getting the trunk or treating set up, get it towed over to Danco Transmission in Out of Care. Get get Danco Joe to hook it up for you. Get it to uh, Floppy Hat Denim Shirt yeah. Road Flare. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah, that guy. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah, I went as uh yeah, we'll 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 talk about that later. But yeah, so, uh, head over to Danco Transmission and Auto Care, man. You know, get yourself ten dollars off your next oil change, ten percent off your next big fixing over there at Danco Transmission. We love you, Danco Joe, as always, and uh, we will we'll, we'll be able to continue to to bring all the joy and all the uh, cars that need a fixing over your way. Um, speaking of the things that need fixing uh we'll, we'll just as always dive right into the uh, post sure, brian said even if it was cold and rainy this week against orlando tech would that would that even help this mess it's just more that i enjoy watching them be miserable on the sidelines when it's like 53 degrees and like normal right and they have the heaters out and the bubble it would need to be and- it would, it would need to be like 30 for them to be effective. You are incorrect. Enough for no, Cincinnati you are incorrect. To, uh, well, for Cincinnati to gain be, an upper hand. Well, I, I'm just saying I've seen them be affected at 50. Well, there was one year it was 50, and they literally acted like it was like 18 degrees outside. Now, that's not to say it would impact them enough to lose to the Cincinnati team. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I have seen them be drastically impacted at like like 50 degrees and it was hilarious that's all i was it's just self-entertainment at this point yeah well i i feel like usf was even worse when it came to that thing i i remember the one game with uh usf was always bad too the mike warren game that i i feel like they were all like turning into frozen statues on their sideline brought their own Entire. That game was cold, though, wasn't it? It, it? it was cold, yes, absolutely. Like that but, was down in the like, like at least like lower thirties, upper twenties. Oh, yeah. Like that was cold. Yeah, that was so. That was before I I was at BCJ and I was uh, I was at Notre Dame Stadium. Florida State was playing Notre Dame. It was freezing cold there, and I I watched the entire Cincy game on my phone. And everyone there was like, "What are you doing?" 
like it's freezing cold and you're just sitting here with like a like a long sleeve shirt on watching a game on your phone and I was like, hey man, dedication, love. That's all it is. But yeah, different story for different time. Maybe maybe there's a cold front that'll sweep in and uh give the added advantage to the to the Bearcats. I I mean there was a bit of a cold front down at Stillwater, but Obviously, the Cowboys were ready for it. They, uh, I guess, needed a half. I thought the cold front was Cincinnati's offense in the second half. Ooh, there we go. I'm getting the metaphorical rise out of you there, Chad. But, uh, man, tell you what. Yeah, a 10-7 to halftime score turned into 35-6 to the rest of the way in favor of the home team. Um, is that bad? Man, that's, that's pretty doggone bad. Aaron, is that bad? Sure. Check with your sources. Check with your sources. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, man, and I tell you what, I, I I did a little bit more of a dive into it, and it is a uh, disheartening thing when you know the the strength of the, the of the team, pretty much, if you will, heading into the game was you know the defense being able to stop. The opposing team's rushing attack, that uh, was truly not the case in this one. Um, sure, a lot of it happened in that second half driving, but uh, Ollie Gordon, who I would stretch to imagine is slowly rising up the, the All-American list and every other list that you can think of. Doak Walker is one of the best players, not even running backs in the country. Uh, 271 rushing yards. Two touchdowns. That's after he kind of obliterated West Virginia in similar fashion last week. Uh, man, can, can you guys remember a a time when a singular player on on an opposing team kind of single handedly took care of business like the way that Ollie Gordon did in the second half? I don't remember it. I was trying to think back to like how like he's the best running back I've seen UC play since dot dot dot. And yeah. I mean the only two names that really come to mind are Ryan Matthews and Shady McCoy. Yeah. Right. And before that, like Ray Rice. Ray Rice, Deion Lewis. I mean I, that that dude was like just looked like an NFL back, man. Like he did. The, the ability to change directions, the ability to to not only change directions, but to get to top speed quickly out of his cuts. He was he was he had great balance, he had great vision. I mean, he was real deal. And the crazy part is for the majority of the first half, they had held him to like 20 something yards. Like he got 250 yards basically in 33 minutes, 34 minutes. Yeah. Yep. He was good, man. He was really good. He was. He was. I uh, did, did a quick look just back to the year 2000. Brian Robinson in the Cotton Bowl. It seems like a lot of the uh, stats that kind of stick out really uh, go go back to that game for, for the most part. But uh, he had 204 rushing yards. That is the only time all the way back until 2001 that a player has rushed for over 200 yards against Cincinnati in 2001. It was Leonard Henry from West Virginia. So some, uh, Brian Robinson, 204 yards rushing. So kind of some, Ty, go ahead. Tajay Spears got close last year against Yeah, yeah and I mean, you guys, know I love Tajay, you guys know I love Tajay Spears, but I just don't think he had the size speed like combination. 
that Alex it took him 35 there. carries to get there as opposed to 25. Yeah. Um, I was looking that one up. Um, just one that popped mm-hmm. in my head. Um, and there was that receiver for UCF who got us pretty good too. I can't yeah. remember. Not last year. This was some years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Tajay had what thirty-five for one eighty-one and two touchdowns. Are you talking about Gabe Davis or before that? For UCF? Um, I don't remember. This none of this is helping. Great <laughs> podcasting, Aaron. You're welcome. But, yeah, the the only other time that the the opposing team rushed for over 300 yards, it happened only a handful of times. One one was, uh, you know, that Navy game that we bring up. uh, Fickle's first year when when Freeman decided it was his personal vendetta to figure out the triple triple option attack and, and deny it in any way possible for the rest of his career. Uh, that was one 569 rushing yards in that. Uh, you mentioned Ray Rice. That was the Rutgers 2005, 337 total yards on the ground in that game. And then a couple other ones sprinkled in. So this is kind of a historic stat when it comes to someone just completely dominating a game against a Cincinnati team over the last, you know, 23 years. So, um, do you think of this? I, I mean, at this point, is it just the player having a special game? And because because that, as well as I guess the rushing attack offensively, were kind of the two things that the uh, were were the glimmers of hope. And it was tough both ways on on well, not really offensively, but tough defensively stopping the run of this one. I mean. In the second half, there was just a lot of bad run fill. Like there, you know, you you could most of the time pinpoint, okay, here's where it went wrong. This guy got sucked into this gap and he should have been in this gap. And if you give Ollie Gordon a, a human-sized gap to run through, uh, he's going to run through it and he's going to make your safety miss, and he's going to run for a lot of yards. And you know, they had the one where the entire backside sold out to the middle. Yeah. Um, I I think Brent could have probably gotten 40 yards on that run. Oh, baby. Cutting it to the backside. I mean, I like that. it was, there was nothing. Like, as soon as you saw yeah. him start to make that cut and your eyes shifted to the backside, the right. response was, oh, no. Because there, there was just nothing. So, you know. I just, I, 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 I think they did like a really good job early. If you watched early, he didn't have anything, and and they were in the gaps, and they were where they needed to be, and they were disciplined. And I think again, it comes down to like, as soon as this team takes a hit, as soon as the tide starts to turn, the confidence falters, and the trust of. All I have to do is be in my spot and guys start trying to overcompensate and make things happen. And that means an extra guy's in this hole instead of in this hole where he's supposed to be, you know, and and that stuff snowballs fast, especially when you're playing one of the best running backs in the country. I mean, that, that will burn you quickly. And you saw his yards. It looked like 
you know, for, for most of the game, it was a, a slot machine that kept coming up different stuff. Right. And then for the second half, like it was jackpot, jackpot. It got hot. <laughs> it did get hot. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, your your thoughts on old old Ollie Gordon. Let's let's let, let's open open and shut this book on probably one of the best players that the team has seen all year. Crazy thing is they didn't even know what they had in Ollie Gordon at the beginning of the season. It took them a couple games to establish what they had in Ollie Gordon. And here he is just on a crazy wild hot streak. And Cincinnati wasn't able to stop a guy. And that's what they had been actually good at this season uh, prior to this game was stopping the run. Um, letting a guy go for a 75-yard breakaway touchdown, of course, Puts a huge dent in those numbers, but he was doing yeah, just but he fine. still would have had 200 without it. He was doing just fine before that, yes, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get that. To all, that that all said, it was, it was not a good day for the defense, an even worse day for the offense. Special team struggles, and it's becoming a broken record. Yeah, you say the whole uh, well, the crazy thing about Oklahoma State is the fact that. They started the year off terribly, yeah, and you guys mentioned it on the on the big. Yeah, because recap. their coach couldn't pick a quarterback or a running back. It was the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing. But now it's it's you know they're slowly evolving to looking like a doggone good team, like a potential. You said slowly twice. I disagree that it's slowly. It's happening very quickly. As okay you now, yes, quickly in the last four, four games, days. and right. you're looking like yeah. a serious contender now in this conference. Yeah, right. I mean, if they win Bedlam this week, they're probably going to play in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And the way and Oklahoma has looked, I I mean, yeah, Oklahoma State's run defense has been really good, but I mean, I don't so know. So was the Yeah, I don't know that I'm betting against Oklahoma State right now. No, not one bit. Buddy's a man. Buddy's indecisive. So is he actually a woman? Very, very interesting. Um, very interesting. There's about three people that are going to yell at me here in like 30 seconds. <laughs> well, Chelsea, <take> Natalie, <laughs> take it and roll with it. But yeah, yeah, it, it was it a just, joke. Calm down. It, it just felt like it was a, uh, you know, you you can only bottle up a player of that talent for so long, and then. You know, a couple of big hits there, and and like you said, it's like, well, it's like Mike- I mean, but the problem is you bottled him up and didn't do anything with it. Right, you had seven points. Like yeah. you, you, you did exactly what you needed to do to put yourself in, like, to at least be like fourteen to ten, fourteen to seven. You know, like, like you, you could have been in a position where they couldn't just focus on running the ball, mm-hmm. but then. The second half comes starts, and you know, I, I I told this Saturday night we were at the Holy Grail, and I had Kelsey and one of her friends with me, and um, I going into it, I she was like, "Are we do we have to stay for the whole game?" And I'm like, "Well, honey, we're probably not going to have to stay for the whole game." Um, <laughs> and then at halftime, it was ten to seven. You're like, "We might have like, to." We're going to have to stay for the whole game, aren't we? And I was like. Yeah, we're probably going to have to stay for the whole game. And then four minutes into the second half, I was like, well, 
I think we're going to be able to get out of here earlier than expected. <laughs> I mean, the, the graphic they put up on the screen that was pretty wild was, you know, in all in, in the seven other games that Oklahoma State played this year, I think they scored only 26 points total in third quarter, and they went 20, 21-0 in this third quarter. Yeah, it was the fourth quarter that they had been dominating. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what they did at West Virginia and, and – Different different games like that, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a really good running back. Like you said, it, if one one pillar of the three pillars is doing well, the other two, at least one of the two other two, has to kind of fill in and, and help out a little bit. And offense was was kind of nowhere to be seen. We got glimpses of the uh, breakout Miles Montgomery party, and then all of a sudden the injury. Uh, takes place and, and Aaron you've done a great job getting on your soapbox and, and expressing your thoughts on that and I want you to do it one last time um because obviously there were some really weird sequences when it comes to this especially at the end of the first half you had a chance to kind of gain momentum and then get the ball back in the start of the second half as well uh to try and do anything to just get some sort of points and, and continue pushing forward but you know this second half even the play calling seemed a little you know blase if you will and then i don't know but the end of the first half was uh yet another weird thing yeah. you know season full of weird things i don't know the hell did you take a timeout for if you're going to run the ball in the rain on the logo which is the most slick part of the entire field none of it made any sense it, it i don't know i the more i think about that play the more frustrated i get with the whole damn game and and i feel like it all that in that play was was an enigma of the entire game at that point. Like it was just the hell are we doing? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean it's you, on. You were in a position to throw a hail mary. Like why? What? Yeah, fifty throw yards isn't a crazy. Fifty yards is not a crazy hail mary on your own forty six. Yeah, like just they did it against Baylor the the, the week before, or was that Iowa State two weeks ago? It, one of the two. It just. Take a shot. Don't don't have that run, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're facing an injury, and I, it was just strange, man. Especially after you know the interception by Jordan Young, which is the first interception since what? I, Miami. Miami is <laughs> insane. Um, but I don't know. You gotta you gotta figure out a way to muster up some sort of positive momentum, and it's tough. Brent saying Aaron gets on his soapbox supplies Aaron spends time off of it he exists on his soapbox this season agreed right. the only part i didn't disagree with is the logo part like this isn't college basketball no the but if you're on is... turf if you're on turf that's the most i mean that's the most slippery part of the entire field because no, of it's, the paint. it's stone in there's no paint it's it's all the same turf it's just a different colored piece of it yeah it's it's sewn in like they don't take the green turf and then spray paint on it it's it's a patch that's sewn in so it's not okay it, like on grass, you would have a, a point sure. because they would have to spray paint right. it in every yeah. week. Well, down front, that's that the only south, part. I don't know if the, I don't know I don't know if it's turf or if it's if it's grass at Oklahoma State. I've not been there. It's turf. It's okay. Boom Stadium. Ooh. Other than that, like um, I just uh, the other parts I agree with. I just don't think the turf part played any role in in Miles Montgomery getting hurt. Uh, but I just don't understand why you're. Did you think Miles Montgomery was going to rip off a 50-yard touchdown? No. With 
Oklahoma State dropping nine? If you did, you have just the, a, an absurd amount of confidence in this kid that or, you have not shown the entire or, season. Or you have no amount of confidence in your quarterback to execute a Hail Mary. A Hail Mary? Right. They threw five times in the first half. You don't need time to throw a Hail Mary. You just stand back and chuck it. Well, you have to wait for the guys to get down the field. They're not going to blitz, though, because they're going to be in prevent. Right. You would have been fine. And for what it's worth, I thought the offensive line played pretty good. Um, like it's I, not like they didn't pass, Brent. They didn't. They, they, they no, didn't back to oh, no. oh no, I agree. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with you. That, like game. he would have had, he would have had a, enough time to just let one fly. Uh, but yeah, they didn't even pass, and 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 even when it looks like the pass was there, it it was a, a quick read, nothing there, tuck and run. Um, which is going to lead us to the, the most glaring topic that we're going to discuss, and. And that's why I wanted to have Royer here, but he is slowly going to be here for all those waiting for his uh, highly, highly in anticipation for his arrival. But yeah, I just thought, you know, that was interesting. All of a sudden, you know, you take away what was a spectacular first half for Miles Montgomery, uh, you know, finished with what? Eight rushes for 90 yards and a touchdown. Had that 63 yard gainer. Uh, Longest touchdown run of the year. I, it's just it, so many things tie into it. And then all of a sudden, you make that play call, second half starts, and it's just, you know, a, a three and out. It's, and it's just hard to get anything rolling when that's kind of the the vibe of it. And, and sure, you know, you were able to try and piece something together, but it, that led to the first touchdown. And then yet again, get the ball back, another touchdown. It just seems like that was kind of the snowball where you, you're conservative, then you continue to be a little bit more conservative, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're you're down way more than you need to be in a, with, with an offense that can't really come back against that sort of a deficit. So I, I That sort of a deficit? Hell, 10-7 to 7 felt insurmountable. Yeah, I mean. You're not lying, Shit. man. Not if they hail Mary. Jeez. Yeah. Oh man. Uh yeah, it's it just the whole thing is tough. It's tough to stomach. But um thought Kiner and, and Miles did a good job running the football. Obviously, Kiner got hurt, and then you know, you've got Sean Thomas out there. And uh God bless him. I think on like a third and nine, the, the they handed the ball off to Sean Thomas on, on a certain play. And it's just like, yet again, it's like, are, like, is that even, are we trying to, to get that going? Um, you know, you had the interception, obviously thrown in that third quarter as well. I, it just it was a snowball that kept rolling and rolling and rolling until it was a little bit too late. You know, he even had that, that one snap with Evan Prater uh, at quarterback, which kind of just tells me, Hey, Everyone knows he's probably going to be running the ball, so let's let's stack it up. Then it was yeah, third and nine, the last play call of the third third quarter, and you hand the ball off to Sean Thomas. He gains a yard. Um, I don't know, and that is what brought in that that fourth quarter and the the long run. And I I I don't have anything wrong with having the uh, the players out there that were still 
uh, you know, the, the, the second team. <laughs> the second team. What was that? He yelled, stop him. <laughs> yeah, the the second team defense. Yeah, it, I mean, you saw Brian Sims was out there. Um, Atkins was, was chasing after him. I, I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily running up the score, but um, if they're going to run the football, you got to stop them. So they were not, they were definitely not running up the score at no, no point were they running up the score. That was what it looks like when your defense just quits. And if they were stop them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because we laughed when UC did this to teams and they cried about running up the score. True. Put your players on the field and have your players stop our players. I, I, don't, I don't think – I don't – this is don't college should, football. It shouldn't ever – there's no such thing – in my eyes, there's no such thing as running up a score. If Well, do what, people, what people get their feelings hurt by is we put our subs in, you should put your subs in. No. No, the, 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 that's not that's not a thing. Some of these kids are playing for certain accolades at the end of the season. Like, no, just leave your dudes. In. If they're leaving their dudes in, that's your that's your fault them. for putting your subs in. Well, and it's also everybody wants to put all the younger guys out there. You got sneak peek for Raquan Atkins. Yeah, I. I mean, so what is it? Is it going to be running up the score from the very first snap if all the uh, young players are out? Right. Teams so. are just running up the score from from fourteen minutes in the first quarter. Did Did Cincinnati run up the score on EKU? Yeah, yes. a little bit. Yeah, little that's bit. my point. Like, <laughs> just you got one. <sighs> yeah, you, that, it's, you, that, it's you sports did. man. The, the job of your job as the opponent is to stop the other team. And if you can't do that, that's like look in the mirror. Doesn't have anything to do with the other team. You know, I, yeah. I I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't. I'm not. You know, stop them. If you don't want them to score. Stop them. Aaron did. Aaron brought up the whole feel like the team was giving up a little bit there in the fourth quarter, latter half of the. Of the game, do 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 you get the sense that 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 you were seeing a little bit of that out there, Aaron? I felt like both sides gave up in the second half. I mean, see, I still don't. I don't think anybody gives up. I just think they play without confidence. I think like they just get down. And they're hanging their they're hanging their heads. Yeah, they're hanging their heads. They they. I I think they were just trying to finish the game. I don't think they were trying to win at that point i think they were just trying to finish the game well and I, I also think there is a severe psychological cliff when it's 10 to 7 at halftime on the road against a good team on their homecoming yeah and you feel like okay we let's go let's go get this sec let, let's go win this game mm-hmm. and you go out and before you break a sweat it's 24 to 7 instead of 10 to 7 and then how much you blink and it's 31 to 7 how much confidence, though, did you lose at the end of the half when your coach called a timeout and you ran the ball instead of passing it? And then you're – I think then, we were. Then Miles, a lot more but then, then Miles Montgomery goes down on top of that. Yeah, I don't think anybody's hanging their head in the locker room because of that. I, I just think once you start getting your ass kicked 
and they got their ass kicked real quick. You go three and out, they score a touchdown in 50 seconds or whatever the hell it was. It felt yeah. faster than that. And then you get intercepted and they score another touchdown. And, you know, what? You're looking at the thing, Brent. When when did they score that second touchdown? Is there 12 minutes on so, the clock? <clears throat> yeah, so the first touchdown came at uh, 11.54 okay. on the clock. And then they scored their next touchdown, 9.03 on the clock. Yeah. So six minutes gone in the second half, and what you felt like was a game you had a chance to win, now you're getting boat raced, or you know, you're on the cusp of getting boat raced. You're yeah. three scores down, and when's the last time they scored three times in a game? And then a Baylor, but Baylor stinks too. Yeah. I I mean the, the thing is this too, you know, you first off, you don't have an option to return kickoffs, which pretty much eliminates a massive play to build any sort of like, you know, personally, personal, you know, push of, of momentum. Because, you know, if you have a dynamic kick returner, then, you know, you can, can bust one for simply 30 yards, like OK State started the game off with, to kind of give you a little bit of, of, of positivity heading into that first offensive series. We're going to just bear catch every single one, and I understand why from here on out. It's It's – completely eliminates any possibility of having some sort of a, a, a plus play that gets everyone jazzed up and, and, and ready. So that part is weird. First off, then next, yes, it's a three and out. So now your defense is like, okay, here we go again. We got to, got to stop them. And then, you know, Ollie Gordon breaks that long run a couple of plays later, all of a sudden they're in the end zone. And then the very next offensive series is the interception, which was a, a bad pass and just, a bad play call, it seems, as well. And before you know it, then the defense is like, all right, here we go again. And then another touchdown happens. So, you know, it's just – there was not ever a chance once that happened, back-to-back times of, of any sort of a comeback or being in it, if you will, unless there were, would have been a couple of, of kind of plays that were unexpected that ended up for long touchdowns. But you lose your home run hitter in the backfield and then – I mean, Emory was six of sixteen on on the day, so I don't know. That's hard to really get things heading in the right direction on that front. But go ahead and talk about it. Six and sixteen was Emory's final uh, stat line on the uh, passes completed and attempted, but uh, finished with 117 yards, zero touchdowns, one INT, added 33 yards on the ground, zero touchdowns. Um, do you guys think this is the last snaps as starting quarterback that Emory Jones will take with the Bearcats this year? I don't personally see a reason to put him out there again, outside of the fact that he's going to beg to play because this is his last season. But I don't think that you have anything left to prove putting him out there. I mean, I, I'm kind of, and I made this this point in the uh, in the bites uh, that Brian's making now. And I made it Saturday night too. If you're the problem with this offense is the pass game. Yeah. And if you're not going to trust him to pass, then it's time to to see what else you have, especially knowing the backup is more of a passer than a runner. Right. I, I think you have to find out. I, I think you just like and and maybe what we'll find out is 
yeah, the offensive line has not been uh, good enough to ever give Emory time to develop the passing game, and that's mm-hmm. a possibility. But I, I think you have to see. Um, also, you know, if you're Scott Satterfield, this is now a multi-year process. You, you are you're not going to be able to salvage 2023. And you have to start figuring out, look, people don't want to like think about this yet or realize this yet, but player acquisition season is like five weeks away. Like, like we are on the cusp of the off season. I know it's wild because it feels like the season hasn't been going on that long. And we we're one game past the halfway point, Mm -hmm. but in today's college football, free agency is five, five and a half, whatever weeks away. Yeah. And you have to figure out is Brady Lichtenberg like a dude? Can he be the starter at Cincinnati next year? Um, and if not, like you have to start contemplating what you're going to like, what resources you're going to allocate to the portal to go find a quarterback and how much that impacts everything else you want to do. Um, it's not as easy as it used to be, right? You know, it, it's it, especially the way that that the transfer situation is now is with quarterbacks. So yeah. you're not in a situation where you say, okay, well, we know we've got da 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 da, and such and such is already kind of you know Samaj Jones in the fold for next year. Um, if it's not Brady Lichtenberg, like like Brady Lichtenberg probably looks for somewhere to be the starter. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and then you have to hit the portal because you'll have a redshirt freshman and a freshman as your only two quarterbacks on the roster. So seeing what I think I saw Saturday, which was a coaching staff that looked at their passing game and felt like it wasn't good enough against the worst pass defense in the league, that tells me that it's time. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys know how I am about this stuff. Like, I... I I firmly am in generally in the camp of the guy that's starting is starting for a reason. Right. Right. And I'm not going to um, pretend to know more Mm -hmm. than the people calling the shots. This is not me pretending to know more than the people calling the shots. This is me reading the situation in that if the trust already isn't there, then it's time. It, it, yeah. it, you know, it, 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 Emory, it can help you in the run game, but I don't think they need, they, they ran for 270 yards or 290 yards or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like Emory was, was sprinting all over the field. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, I think we've gotten to the point. Let's see what Lichtenberg can do. Yeah. Two, 277 on the ground total, but it, yeah. it's what, which is like, and, but you lose by, Six touchdowns. It's hard so, to believe. It's like, you know, so yeah. And in, in today's game, and you have to be able to throw the football. There's just no way around it at all. I mean, even with with Ollie Gordon going off and and being an absolute stud, Alan Bowman had a bunch of really good passes, and he threw for almost three hundred yards. Yeah, and and he he's and pretty much to a new target that he hasn't even thrown to all year. Leon because Johnson. They had guys. They had guys hurt. Yeah, that guy was a D three transfer. Yeah, 
Two sport athletes. Three receivers down. Three receivers down. Five catches, 149 yards. That that is just eye-popping. The pass defense is atrocious. Alan Bowman, there were a bunch of times he could have popped a tent, like fired up a pellet smoker, uh, did some 3-2-1 ribs. You don't know that. That's three hours of smoke, two hours of tin foil, and then one hour uh, with the sauce on it. Um, I mean, they can't, the pass rush isn't getting home and the DBs can't cover whatever you do. Don't look at the PFF grades for corners. Yeah. Have you looked at them? I I did. And even for the backups too, that, that played a a good amount of snaps. There's 850 players. Yeah. There's 850 corners rated in PFF. Cincinnati has two of them. They're two starters below 700. I mean, there's a re- there's a reason why good the the good corners left, and you know, even last year, you would think that Justin Harris would then slide into that starting role, but no, it, it, it just well, there's a reason why. Shepard and Arquan Bush on. were pretty good. Oh no! Oh oh no no no! I'm I'm just saying that at that point, the writing on the wall was a little bit that, you know, Justin Harris, great guy, been through a lot, but if if he's, you know, he had the injury as well that he overcame, but his constant was, he was never truly the guy. And then all of a sudden, as Sat said, it's, you know, the the defense backfield is what it is and that we are playing the players that we have to, because that's, that's what we got. They give them the best chance to win. Yeah. And, I mean, you could just tell when Carroll was in there, he was just getting his feet wet in the toughest way possible. But got to hope somehow. I mean, they ran a guy right past his ear hole for a wide open touchdown. Yeah, like yeah. He didn't even didn't even like the ball was in the air, and he was like, then he realized that there was a guy standing behind him in the end zone, patiently awaiting the ball. Yep, patiently. And it got to him quickly. Uh, but, yeah, that's the other thing. It, there is a lot of, you know, the lack of a, of a pass rush has become extremely evident. Uh, and, and at this point, you know, you got to point to possibly personnel because if the scheme was so good to pass, then the personnel were the ones that were really racking up the sack numbers. And they were all, you know, quick outside, you know, linebacking type players. Twitchy that edge, edge yeah. rushers. Right. And I, that just isn't on the team. You know, DG is a is a guy that is awesome. You know, obviously the staff loves him, team loves him. But he, he didn't quite bring that pop up to this point, even though I think he's leading the team in, in sacks. I'm not entirely sure. but Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's been okay. Right, right. But he has not been a guy that is consistently – Harassing the quarterback. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. D- DG's three and a half sacks to lead the team, which is like, it's, it's a pretty low number. That's hard this. to fathom. Yeah. Three and a half leads the team. Low, low number. Um, a couple other players with two, Eric Phillips, Juwan Briggs, Dante Corleone. And then... After that, a lot of one and a half and ones. Yeah, you know, like like Deshaun Payson. You would think at some point, just unleash him on every single play. <laughs> I don't know. It's just 
gotta mix something up because the problem is you have to use them in coverage. Right. Exactly. So bad on the back end, he's like he's out there making plays 25 yards down the field because he has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like that keeps you from being as creative as you want to be when nobody else is really able to get home. Right. I agree. And, you know, back to the quarterback discussion real quick, you know, it, it is weird in this day and age because, you know, if everyone sees what's happening and everyone has social media, everyone has different ways to kind of get a pulse on, on fan base and, and, and what, what the feels are. And people are seeing that, you know, everyone's struggling a little bit, you know, not, not quite having the season that we all hoped for. And if, if he continues he to in the Heisman race, <laughs> true. The ceiling was the roof back then. <laughs> ceiling was the roof back then. This this was was all Kool Aid back then. Now it's like the you're, the, the grapes hadn't fermented yet. No, this is this is all tears now. It's it's like tears mixed with wine. Uh, I don't know, <sighs> but but it's a it's a situation where oh Aaron, you okay, buddy? But no. it's, it's a situation where also then you know the Brady's could start to be like. We aren't winning games, you know. How come I can't get a shot? Then all of a sudden you get that that vibe, someone in your ear possibly saying, "Hey, we would love for you to be our quarterback next year," or you know, we would love to to bring you in and give, get you some looks. And then before you know it, that's, that's not happening though with guys that haven't ever seen the field, Brent. I, I I mean, it could happen at a small school that that recruited them back in high school, and they were like, "Hey, we've sure. still been if tracking can, you." If they want to drop down to the MAC to get their chance to play. Uh, okay. Right. I don't right. think Brady Drogosh is dropping down to the Mac. I'm not, I, I'm not mentioning that, but I like the, the faith in them for the future needs to start to be shown and getting some more snaps is, is all I'm kind of getting to because I don't know, it just has to happen. And I know Drogosh has the whole red well, shirt thing. I don't thing. think with Brady Drogosh, I, I don't think he's ready to change the passing game. No, so I don't but, know that given the situation that you're in, that he's changing anything than what you're already seeing right now. Yeah. The problem right now is the passing game and sure. your your opportunity on the roster to jumpstart the passing game is Brady Lichtenberg. If the problem was you've got a quarterback back there that's not mobile, then maybe yeah. Brady Drogosh is kind of what you're you're looking at, but the problem that needs to be solved isn't a running quarterback. The, the problem that needs to be solved is how do we get over the hump throwing the football consistently because teams don't have to guard any more than 15 yards down the field. Right. There's I, nobody that can get open down the field. I agree. I I just think it's 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 time where you need to start just getting some some looks. Maybe if it's not completely throwing him into the fire, just a, you know packages here or there. You put thrifty wards in timeout. Sure. No, actually, yes, I can. <laughs> is, is is he in the portal? No, he's being <laughs> a smartass. I mean, that guy. Uh, that guy was he was something. The uh, what was that? <laughs> the, the midnight madness is that what they called it? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, he had a great arm, laser rocket arm, man. 
catch him on at UAB and then next year maybe we'll see. But no, they already passed over him. They could have gotten him. Trent Dilfer went with the guy that was the the guy after him at Lipscomb Academy. He took that guy. <laughs> he said, "I I know I know about you. <laughs> We're gonna pass." Unfortunately, anyway. it's not the kid's fault. I like the kid was a good kid. Right, right. Sometimes it's sometimes. more about who you who you associate with, but or who you're forced to forced to associate with. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just think yeah, like like you said all as well though. Chad is like I, the, the fan base is frustrated because we aren't like a lot of the players on the team. We're not used to losing, so. If you think making a quarterback change and, and getting the younger players more more time out there is gonna like all of a sudden flip a switch and you know go on a four game winning streak and and hit a bowl game, then I I, I mean that's gonna be very tough, very tough to do. But I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that need fixing. Uh, you know, because I I was even looking at the stats now and and on the year there's only four total interceptions. It's just an, another insane stat to think about. And something that was not anything near what we expected heading into the season. I w- I'd love to go back and hear all of our over-unders of, of interceptions and turnovers force that we thought about because, you know, scheme, you think you're going to, you're going to get those, but all of a sudden you don't. So things could know. be worse. Yeah. You could be a Clemson fan. Have you seen what's going on tonight there? No. Uh, somebody called into Davo's coach's show and said, uh, why is Clemson paying you a huge salary just to go four and four? And his response was, you're part of the problem. If you want to apply for the job, go for it. And good luck to you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's that's more fire than we've really ever seen out of Davo. I tell you that much. Oh, here you go. To answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this business. I worked my ass off. I'm not going to let this smart-ass kid get on the phone. Tell me how to do my job. I work for the Board of Trustees. Rawr. Wow. Rawr. So it was it was someone younger calling in, huh? That is okay. <laughs> Aaron, let it out. What you got to say? It's so degrading when you, a man, that boy. Oh, come on, yeah. man. The boy was probably 46 years old. <laughs> it was someone someone like me. <laughs> it was it was actually was Aaron. I, I actually it called him. It was it was me. I'm still chapped about him calling me boy. There was there was uh there was there was like 90 seconds where Aaron went dark and turned mute on. And yep. it was because they they were like, All right, Aaron, we're coming to you. I was on the phone. Yeah, he was on the oh, phone with Davos. Perfect. Yeah, Davos with, with Davo. I, you know, and so so quietly we we found out who Aaron's second team is. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> hey, coach, loved you when you were winning, but uh, what's going on now? That's uh, what are you doing <laughs> for me now? <laughs> <laughs> the the least believable part of the story is a boy listening to over the air radio. <laughs> Yeah, someone I, that does over the air radio, the median man. age of callers is uh, is is not low. It's not low. Thrifty Wallers is as back as Joe Burrow. 
Yeah, 46 I, is a boy compared to Brian. Uh, Luther Richardson went four for four for 38 yards in his uh, Juco mop-up game this weekend. So uh, okay. maybe Walrus is on to something. Hey, four for four. Hey. We, we, we take it. Uh, Emory Jones was two for five in the first half. <laughs> and look, he's big enough to take some hits in that pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like I, I do honestly I hate this for for Emery. Um like he's been yeah. a stand-up guy, he's worked hard, like you know, he's stood in front of the media when when times have gotten tough and answered our questions and and done everything the right way. But yeah. I just think, you know, the, the offense the offense needs passing, and you've got a passer that's number two. Let's see. Let's yeah, let's give him a shot. You know, yeah. you're like, at home. Um, it's not like UCF has has played exceptionally well this year. It's pretty much the AAC schedule the rest of the way, right? Two, two, two three of the games for that matter. But taking Kansas like, out of the equation, but yeah, I mean, you might as well, you might as well figure out what you got. Yeah, yeah, because. A lot of other teams across the country are going to be doing that same thing as well. You know, it's... Joffrey, we're not talking about YouTube comment sections. We're talking about calling into terrestrial radio. Do you call into Mo and Lance on a regular basis, Geoff? No chance. I it, no, yeah, even even I listen to the uh, to the coaches shows the day after when they put it in podcast form because right. yeah, wife's out. The, the commercials are like half of the day on show when it's live. Yeah, crazy. That and I mean, we're usually recording, talking about talking for that night. Like, yeah, there's stuff going on. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have time. Right. I did. Exactly. I did make a funny at the uh, tip-off dinner the other night. Okay. Um. They they were getting ready to do like a uh, like a Q and A Q&A session, and I was sitting kind of up front with uh, with B Fox at the Cincy Rain Stable. Right. And Wes was like, anybody got any questions? And I just raised my hand. He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we're I got I got some questions. <laughs> I got a little question here now. Yeah, I, I want to hear a little bit more about that um during the basketball segment. I mean, I was hoping we'd get Royer on just to get some sort of a football talk from him, but I, I guess that time has come and passed. Um I mean up next is UCF and the uh, this you know the Orlando Technical Knights of Gold have not had a great year. Uh, they had the chance to kind of get things rolling in the right way, and let Baylor come back from down a bunch at home. Uh, then all of a sudden, the whole frustrations with with Gus Malzahn's popping out a little bit from the fan base. You know, you know this, this, that, and the other. Um, things aren't all smiley uh, sunshine and, and and rainbows down there in Orlando and. It's a team that a lot of the players on the Bearcats are familiar with. Uh, probably not too happy about what happened last year against them. So I think the the senior leaders and the leaders that have been here and, and played against them before kind of bring the juice a little bit, got a hope during the uh during the week leading up to it. So thoughts on 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 UCF. I know Aaron Aaron's second favorite team, I think, is UCF, last I was told. Um so should be a good one. What the hell are you talking about? Just trying to get you jazzed up, man. Get you involved, baby. 
Aaron's energy has been really low yesterday. And today. I, I, it's hard to be excited right now. That your just, job is to have that. job to it's like the, bring the pizzazz, baby. The season has turned into this cold, wet weather. This Bearcat season is damn near over. And it's, your, your it's been job a rough ride. To be a, a competent uh, podcast uh, live show uh, participant. My competence should not be questioned. Your energy is questioned. That's fine. Um, <laughs> as far as UCF goes... John Rice Plumley doesn't Fuck do anything for it doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't do anything for for them. Uh, he had four turnovers in the last game. If they can turn the ball over, if they can just just create turnovers for the love of God, create some turnovers. Turn your head around and catch the ball instead of getting the pi. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just you're at home. You're playing for. Bold, bold season is still alive until it's dead, and I don't believe even the words coming out of my mouth. But I don't same... believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. But until hey, it's no, dead, I don't believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. And until until it's over, it's not over. That said, yeah. you have to make some changes to try and inject some type of energy into this team. I don't think the towel waving is going to be enough. Um, and that that would give us something to talk about that would give me more energy if they started to do something, anything. I feel like the meme poking the Bearcats football team with a stick. You alive? Do something. Do something. You alive? <laughs> yeah. I- uh, Darren. Practice is open on Tuesday, the same as it always is. Uh, I will be able to see who is taking reps with the ones. I just won't be able to tell you until Saturday. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, for I for what it's worth, I thought that uh, Lichty looked pretty good when he came in. Um, sure, it was probably that, that touchdown series might have come against some of the uh, the different you know backups or that – Oklahoma State was was cycling in, but he even had. I mean, that was a great touchdown pass to Aaron Turner. It's a great, you know, couple of, of plays made. He used his feet as well. So, for what it's worth, I thought it was a a pretty good performance by Lichty. Um, but I think you know Dave was mentioning it on the on, on the brunch that you know you got to get get the reps in practice are just as important as getting the game reps. You know, where you're with the first team, getting things flowing that way so that you know you aren't okay it's saturday now you're thrust into there and and good luck now you 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 get the recognition and the uh the vibes going throughout the week at practice so excited to see what that 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 looks like well Um, and i imagine he's already had some chemistry with some of the twos so you could potentially see some if you're looking for what the future holds you you saw prater yeah you correct prater was out there making some grabs he finished with two catches on the day which was second the way, on the team. By the way, B- that's my B- first Dunn. change. Evan Prater is starting opposite Xavier, Xavier Henderson for the rest of the season. Okay. Done. Period. Totally good with he's, that. He's done more with his opportunity than anybody else, not named Xavier Henderson, Xavier Henderson in that wide receiver room. 
Uh, Evan Prater is my wide receiver too for the rest of the year. Find out what you got. Yeah, I'm with because you. Because there, there's a pretty good chance he's your wide receiver one next year. So I, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more passionate about that than Emory and Lichtenberg. Um, Evan Prater needs to be wide receiver two for the next five games, yeah. four games, whatever the hell it is. But that also left. that also involves if Emory is your guy, him being able to look past wide receiver one and sure, the... but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that uh Aaron Turner gets some more touches too. I thought Turner had some really good plays throughout it. What we got here. Read it, Brent. Thrifty Walrus says, has Scott Satterfield thought about developing a team-first culture and making a statement? I'm thinking he could wear a windbreaker with T-E-A-M on his back. Something for the guys to rally around. I'm going to lose my mind if there is anybody, if, if there's not a change on special teams to to read to Reed's point. I, 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 don't, I don't particularly care on kickoff or punt return who it is, but I think you have to make a change there. There were two returns this past week, a punt return for five yards on a bounce in the rain and a kick return for 20 yards. Yeah. I, like I said before, a, one of the biggest momentum shifting plays in games, we've seen it as Bearcat fans. saw it in the most historic, one of the most historic games in program history was you know the marty gilliard uh touchdown kickoff return that kind of sparked them a little bit there at the end of the first half and then you saw it again at indiana if trey tucker doesn't get that kickoff return for a touchdown then you probably are facing an uphill battle the rest of the way against the hoosiers on the road so it's truly a dynamic play that is being just completely taken away um i i mentioned to to dave uh post show uh, that I, I don't think that it's going to be any worse than what you have currently if you put literally anybody else back there. Right. And Dave's question or Dave's response was, of course it's going to be worse. But I still don't believe how it's any worse than this. With Well, that's the thing. It's, it's not like they've done anything positive. Set a, set a high bar. We've had one... Uh, one kick return from Henderson, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The one long one kind of bloats the uh, the average kick return rate, which you know he's got nine returns on the season, an average of twenty yards on the return. So, pretty much barely getting it back to starting starting range if you do fair catch it each time, and then. Braden Smith has the 12 punt returns for a total of 36 yards. It's a three-yard average. Uh, it can't be worse. <laughs> how is it? Yeah. How, how can it be worse than three yards per and you've given the ball up twice? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it really can be. I, a name that Sat has brought up numerous times as well is Barry Jackson. So I, I'm excited to finally see a little bit more Barry Jackson out there. So I don't want to see him this week. 
this week. I don't I don't want to burn the kids red shirt. And I know everybody says, oh, why are you worried about red shirts when we're in the transfer portal era? Uh, because if he does stick around, why would you waste a red shirt, burn a red shirt on this season? Has he only played once so far? I believe so. Okay. I, Yeah, I mean, obviously he was in that EKU game, had that long catch and run. But, yeah, no, I agree. And, and especially because then Nico is able to get another year with him in the weight room and, and – progressing him and now the whole COVID year is, is gone. So yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with you there. So. He went says there's someone from the, the Brian Mason coaching tree you could bring in. <laughs> the problem is there's nobody as smart as Brian Mason. Like the dude, it's just wired different. He like is the tree. Right. Like I just, I don't know that that tree even has branches. No, because just, he's like a savant. Like just, just one of those where redwoods that's like 100 feet a, in the air. That's just all. It's a one of one. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just, he's the guy he's has fine. like <laughs> literally like 17 degrees. Yeah. It's impressive. Like it he impressive. actually, he, he went to like five places as a grad assistant mm-hmm. and got graduate degrees from all of them. That's not what grad assistants do. They go and they take like one class that allows them to work with the football team as a grad assistant. Uh, Brian Mason was like, oh, no, I'm just going to uh, collect graduate degrees. I'm getting another one. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> He's probably at, uh, like, Butler getting one now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just just in his free time. Um, but, yeah, no, Reed, I agree. I, six straight losses. and You can't, you can't lose to – can't lose to Orlando Tech at home. I mean, truthfully, you can't lose to Miami at home, but they did. But Aaron, we're past that. I don't give a shit about Miami. That was two fucking months ago. I don't care. I don't care. You can't lose to Orlando Tech at home, especially because I, one of the biggest crutches to kind of was was how hard it is taking the step up to the Big Twelve. Well, now you've got two AAC teams and then a team that was picked below you. And the uh, coaches, you know, the the preseason day people, and it's just like dead wrong, (laughs) right? Exactly. But still, we're talking. You know, this is yes, Kansas. I guess you can keep in that mix. But when it comes to Houston, West Virginia, and then UCF starting this weekend, I mean, they're they're in similar boats. Obviously, not with the coaching change and whatnot, but similar boats is taking that step up, and obviously, it hasn't gone well for. Houston or UCF, but now is is when you can start to say, okay, let's let's take down this team that we've played numerous times and is supposedly now a, a rivalry or one of the Bearcats rivalries in the uh, conference. So I I just can't lose this game, man. Cannot lose this game. But I'm sure the uh, UCF talk will be plentiful the rest of the way on uh, on OBCJ, but. I don't have much more time for the uh, space nights of gold, unless you you guys want to continue talking. But no, we can we can go ahead and time stamp this unless we want to touch on some of these questions over here. We can get this chat. question from Randy real quick. Um, what letter grade do you give the coaching staff considering the hand they were dealt? It's incomplete, Randy. I know that's not what people want to hear, 
not and I'm not saying the coaching staff has done a good job. I'm just saying it's impossible to know because they don't have good quarterback play. They don't have good offensive line play. They have a terrible secondary. And you have an offense or defensive line that, while great against the run, can't can't get pass rush. Mm -hmm. So you can't defend the pass and you can't pass in college football 2023. It's like that, like I you, you can't be successful. If yeah. you can't do those two things, you can't win at, at this level. You you could maybe like be gimmicky enough to win in the American. And I think like with this outside zone scheme, they probably would have been, if they're running for 250 yards, they're six in the nation and rushing against the big 12. Like they, they would be a service Academy in the run game in the yeah. American. Um, I just I, – I don't know how you give them any semblance of a grade considering everything that we've watched. And and is the quarterback their problem? Sure. Um, but also, who would you – who would you have gone and gotten if it wasn't Emory Jones? It, it, what, a, what answer do we have there? Yeah. I mean – and I, you know, I, I just, I look at it and, and I can't even, the, the roster issues are so abundant. I can't even get to the coaching. Right. Because I, I don't know what you could scheme up that would make this any different because what would you like, hypothetically, if I told you, you have a team that struggles to pass the ball and you have a defense that can't defend the pass, especially deep down the field, you would say, well, then you better be elite at running the ball and stopping the run. Well, okay, going into this game, they were top 10 in rush defense, top 10 in rush offense. Yeah. And it hasn't mattered. It hasn't resulted in wins. That's that's so, pretty elite. Um, yeah, that but... tells me there's very little that coaching was going to change. Like, if the coaching was bad, they mm -hmm. wouldn't be top 10 in those two categories. Now, I'm sure run defense isn't top 10 anymore after uh, Ollie yeah, Gordon. I'll quickly look, but. Um, but just in general, like, there are signs that that the coaching is not a complete, utter train wreck. Yeah. Uh, there are things that, that, if you look, like, the coaching needs to be better. Absolutely. But right now, what we have is a talent issue that doesn't allow you to accurately judge anything. Gosh. <laughs> so this kind of hurts a lot. But the uh, the Ollie Gordon game, we'll, we'll dub it as, has now moved Cincinnati's rush defense to 46th in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped them 40 spots, essentially. <laughs> Still Boy, offensively running the football, they're sixth in the country. Yeah. UCF is fourth in the country. They're coming to town this weekend. So that's just uh T win. There's a reason the D-line can't get to the quarterback. Is it the scheme or the backups to the linemen? Uh T win. If you go back to our season preview show, what what did I point out, Brent? We got a lot and of big, big dudes that can be space eaters and, and run stoppers, but there's not a MyJ Sanders out there. There's not a quick, twitchy, like, look, I said then. 
everybody's calling this the best D-line in the Big 12 in the preseason, and they're getting all these accolades. And, and while I agree that there are a lot of dudes, there's not a difference maker. There's not a... a when it comes to pass rush, yeah. When it comes to pass rushing. There is not that twitchy outside. And guess what? Those are maybe the hardest dudes to find in college football. Yeah. Like they are few and far between. Everyone wants Everybody them. is looking for them. But I said then, and I said, I prefaced it with, I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but I'm not sure this defensive line is quite at the level that they're being billed. And that is simply because I don't know, even if you include the linebackers, the, the rush linebackers, that there are guys that are going to change the game in the passing game. And that's what we've seen. Again, that's it's it's unavoidable that there's just not that long, twitchy, get up the field, no matter what, and and get after the quarterback. That guy is just not on the roster. Like, it, you know, you mentioned Greston earlier. Yep. I think you have to have Jamal Williams and Tyler Gillison on the field as often as possible through the last four weeks. Because yeah. you have to find out if, if they are one of potentially one of those guys. And if they're not, you have to go find one. Like, yeah, they, they had Sims out there too. So, yeah. It and I, like I really to like Sims. It. Like, I think Sims has a chance to be really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Like, there's the other problem when it comes to, like, play the young guys. Who? 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 I mean, I play Raekwon Atkins the rest of the way because he's, I believe he's already burned his red oh, shirt because he's sure, playing yeah. special teams. Right. So yeah. play him at corner. Play him opposite Jordan Young. If you're going to play Jordan Young, play Raekwon Atkins on the other side and let him, let him figure it out. What's going to happen? Somebody's going to beat him deep? Huh. Been there, done that. Read the yeah. book. It sucked. Don't want to read it again, but. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of shitty books get a sequel. Um, yeah. Brian Sims. <laughs> Play Brian Sims. Uh, you know, <laughs> you all right, Eric? No, I'm good. Well, they turned the sequel into a movie, and some, you know, then you get to the third movie. Too. It's just don't just don't watch the third movie of of one of the yes. best. See, so. when there was only ten high school players in the class of 2023. So, yeah. But, I mean, even redshirt freshmen, like, those guys are all mostly gone, too. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what? Hey, if there's a will, there's a way. Who do we uh, got? Hold on. Let's, let's, let's. Let's take a minute to pull up. Jake U. Hardaway gone. JoJo Bermuda's gone. Uh, Luther Richardson, Mario Yehanio, Quincy Burroughs, Marcus Peterson. I, you know, Jonathan Thompson's getting a chance. Tyler Gillison's getting a chance. Kim Willis is getting a chance. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more Oliver Bridges. Um, Kalen Carroll has gotten a shot recently. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. I, 
and and now with all the and and sure you know this is an injury podcast and we don't really comment on those but if there is some sort of an opening in the running back room why not give some extra touches to Stefan Berg you well know, he I, I don't think he traveled so you only right. have a limited number of guys that can travel to road games mm-hmm. and uh Stefan Thomas is on one of the special teams or not Stefan Thomas but Sean Thomas yeah is on one of the special teams. So he's on the travel squad. I don't think bird is yet. So that's why you saw Sean Thomas at Oklahoma state. But if now you're at the point that you need running backs, like you move Stephen bird up to the travel squad or you're at home Saturday. So he's going to be dressed and ready to go Saturday. Give it to him. Yeah. Let's, but running back isn't a problem. No, not at all. We're not worried about running back going forward. We're worried about, Edge rusher, corner, potentially safety, wide receiver, mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah, just, I, I mean, just some names, obviously, kind of that retro sophomore years when you got to really start to make, make a decision for yourself and the coaching staff has some extra eyes too. Rob Jackson, uh, Jamal Williams, you've already mentioned. Um, Brady Lichtenberg is involved Jackson in that. played a decent amount Saturday. Yeah, he's he's been getting you know more and more reps. I I mean Isaiah Cox for a while we we heard his name a lot during the off season of of previous seasons and whatnot. You know it's, it could be time to see what he kind of brings to the table because you know it's just time is now for all these situations. I I don't know. It, it it'll be very interesting to see what it's like a week from now when it comes to those things, and also a week from now will be start of basketball season too. So that's going to be even more exciting. Um, Anything more on, on, on football, man, it's just, there's the, the unknowns are going to start to be unraveled a little bit the upcoming weeks, I feel like. And before you know it, like you said, I, I mean, that the final game of the, of the year is less than a month away. So right. it's the end is, is near for year one. And then probably the most important off season in, in Cincinnati football in a very long time is, is then upon us. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how they attack it. Um, but it is UCF this weekend. It is the, uh, the, the hated AAC brethren coming up and uh, visiting Old Nippert again. So hopefully the Bearcats sh- show them the that, same hospitality. The thing, Aaron, I, can, I can handle losing to Miami because Miami doesn't have any fans, so you never hear about it. <laughs> If they lose to UCF and don't win a game in this conference this year, those night clerks at the Howard Johnson are going to be fucking insufferable. And I don't feel like dealing with that. I just don't. Fair enough. That's all. All right, that's the timestamp. Brought to you by Quick Paper Supply. Your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies. For all your janitorial needs, call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby. Um, I, I don't think there's anything quite on the uh, football recruiting side of things. Obviously, there were the two commits last week that we we, we talked on on the BBP. Um, 
but a lot of that stuff is going to be coming out within the next month, month and a half, as as Chad alluded to with the you know portal opening and everyone kind of honing early in on signing day. Can they hold time. on to everybody? Like, mm-hmm. is there anybody that pops up? Right. That's a flip candidate. Like, there's a there's a lot of action imminent. Yep. On the football roster side, that we're we're five weeks away from. Yep, exactly. So, uh, basketball recruiting too is just obviously the uh, Tyler Perry show for for the time being. I, uh, Travis, I, I've been Travis digging Perry around. Show. Travis. Travis Perry. <laughs> I have no indication that he went to Michigan. I can't get it confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I have it confirmed that he was in Lyon County on Saturday for a golf. Like his uh, something for his golf team, mm-hmm. um, I, I would think if he was at Michigan by now, one of the Michigan sites would be reporting that he was there, right? Um, but and they're normally pretty I, good, the Michigan yeah. sites. So they, they've got a couple really, really big, large sites. Yep. Um, I so I don't think he went to Michigan. All indications are that he plans on announcing next week. Next week is signing day uh, mm-hmm. next Wednesday. So uh, I'm I'm guessing as things currently stand, Cincinnati and Old Miss, until I hear otherwise. Well, well, two horse race. Yeah, that, that Michigan visit kind of came up a little bit it was a little bit quieter and then seemed like it was going to be a, a, a thing to happen right and then all of a sudden it just where it starts not if you've been listening and, to me right but i just kind of tea leaf type situation on i know i am the tea leaves brent i am the tea leaves <laughs> right exactly so <laughs> the uh the whole you know travis perryman that that dude can can he's a bucket getter so obviously track that um those those pesky Ole Miss Ole Miss mans and their uh, new head coach wheeling and dealing. So we'll we'll see if they can hold hold them off. And hey, yet again in the mix for a top one hundred recruit. There's nothing better than hearing that. Uh, three. I mean, this you're you're looking at potentially three top one hundred recruits in a year and five in two years. I I mean maybe Mick at the beginning of the Big East was able mm-hmm. to do that. There hasn't been many many two year stretches like that around here in a while. No, not not at all. Because uh, the other, as I, obviously the well, first off, pretty excited to see this whole uh, the movement, the basketball version of Let yeah. It Fly coming out this Thursday, episode one. I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see how deep into the season they're going to go with it, because obviously it comes out this Thursday. Then time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. Uh, Linwood says he lives in Jacksonville, and UCF fans really just want to win this year. They're nervous about this week. There's UCF fans in Jacksonville? I didn't think there were any outside of, like, 20-mile radius in Orlando. It's it's Well, funny. they graduate, and then they go to Jacksonville and run a Howard, the night desk at Howard Johnson. Okay, yes. I get it. Yeah. It makes sense. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, Orlando has a plethora of hotels. of hotels. That's why I just didn't think of them leaving. But then it was like, well, some some might want to, you know, spread their wings. Uh, so they go to Jacksonville and 
and manage a Howard Johnson there. I, I would also imagine, Aaron, the upward mobility in Jacksonville, probably better than Orlando because there's so many of them mm-hmm. in Orlando. That's a good point. You raise a good point. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always wear sense of gear whenever I'm in Florida, and it is interesting to hear how, how many people not really bark at me, but kind of mention it and say, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a UCF fan. Uh, blah blah blah. After so. Florida, after Florida and Florida State, I root for UCF. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. When they're good, I, I I'm a big Knights yeah. fan. Yeah. But that's that. Um, obviously on, on on the basketball side of things, the the movement, um, cool little trailer dropped literally an hour before we came on. Um. Looks like it's and, and this will be even more interesting because obviously with football there's hundred plus people out there. Uh, in in basketball, it's a pretty small, tight knit team. Yeah. So they're like so. What they do in football is essentially they take a hundred kids and cut it down to like ten people you focus on for something like this. Mm-hmm. In basketball, there's thirteen kids, so like you get you get you should get a pretty good look. Uh, and everybody in this thing, yeah, exactly. Which is which is going to be fun, and it'll be fun. Probably get a little. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to dive too deep into it, but a little behind the scenes look at the biggest uh, elephant in the room still. The uh, you know the Aziz and Jamil statuses and whatnot. And so it was it was good to see uh, Yost come out, the uh, AG of, of Ohio, and and kind of. Bid his is siding with the uh, the Bearcats in the situation, and uh, you know, pretty much putting forward the same letter that this very similar letter that the Tez Walker situation had. Except the NCAA fired back this time. They with did a bunch of politicking <laughs> and basically saying, "We'll decide when we decide." Right. Uh, stick a fork in it. Yeah, which is like, I don't know. It's just it is also puzzling to me, but. I mean, pretty much the, all, all all they said is like they didn't really say anything. It was a whole bunch of like no. legal <laughs> nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah, exactly. And saying like, "Well, we'll make a decision when we make a decision." So screw you. You're, yeah. Which I guess now is the next step is just putting more pressure on, bring more heat. So yeah, they, um, the AG should do as he said and file a lawsuit. Yeah. Yes. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Be about it, baby. Be about it. Um, Obviously, that was the biggest thing. Also, this past week, Chad, you were there in attendance for the, what do they call it? The the kickoff? The the tip-off dinner. dinner. Tip-off dinner. They don't Um, kick in football. They they do not. I, I forgot about that for a second. The, uh, the, the, did you see the, did you see the, uh, Nate Bergazzi thing on Saturday Night Live? (laughs) No. Oh my God. It was so funny. He was, he was George Washington, okay. uh, and all he was doing was explaining how America was going to go the other way on like a system of weights and measurements, uh-huh. uh, and going pounds instead of you know instead of liters and uh, you know miles instead of kilometers, and then they got into like uh, sports or whatever, and he was like, "We we got this this game called football, where you throw the ball," and they were like, "You don't." kick the ball in football and he was like well 
Sometimes, sometimes you kick the ball. <laughs> it was so. It was one of the funniest Saturday Night Live sketches I've seen. In I need. I need. I need to check it out. Forever. Nate Bergazzi's <laughs> hilarious. I love him. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, how was the tip off dinner? Not 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 the kickoff dinner. That'll come with a whole new fresh sheet of new players. But months from now, yeah. tip off dinner was this past week. Um, Excitement, obviously, around the program. Uh, what were your your thoughts coming away from that, Chad? It was good. Aaron and I talked about it a little bit on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of old heads. Uh, saw a lot of guys I haven't I haven't seen in a little while. Mm-hmm. One of them that threw the most famous right cross in UC history. Oh, and uh, the big fella Yancey Gates is back in town, and I guess he is uh, he's moved on from playing professionally. Okay. Um, Hanging them up. We we exchange numbers, so Ooh. You, you never know when you might pop on one of these shows. And and Yancey Gates is hanging oh, out. Oh man, oh man, we we could get some quotable material out of out of one Yancey Gates. Oh, we could, we could. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited about that. That was really good. Uh, there was some good Q and A stuff. Uh, Wes. Uh, the main the main event was Wes standing up there with the team. Mm-hmm. He had guys come up one by one and would give a funny story. He let a couple of them talk. Uh, the star of that, obviously, being Vic. Right. Um, Shocker. You know, right. Vic. Wes was like, uh, Vic. Uh, how many times in practice do you think you're right and I'm wrong? And remember, I control who starts the scrimmage on Saturday. And Vic was like, well, you're always right. (laughs) But, you know, Vic got a couple comedic lines in and uh, the the segment with Dan was great. The the segment with Josh was great where um, uh, Wes talked about like every time he would call Josh, like Josh just doesn't doesn't really talk. And he's like, I would call Dan. And I would look down, and we've been on the phone for 50 minutes, and we haven't talked about anything. And I would call Josh, and we would hang up, and I would look, and it would be like three minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> and I would call Dollar and be like, how long did you talk to him? And Dollar would be like, uh, two minutes and 37 seconds. <laughs> Josh just isn't a guy that talks a whole lot. Now right. He's coming out of his – but then the, the anecdote was, if you talk to guys on the team, they're like, Josh doesn't shut the hell up. Right. But – you know, when he's when he's in alternate settings, then that's the a little more quiet. Yeah. So it was it was a great event. Had some Montgomery in. They had a uh, a live auction. They had silent auctions. Um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of money raised for Cincy Reigns. The entire event uh, was a Cincy Reigns event. So it was uh, it was really good. Then uh, obviously you you alluded a little bit to well well first off that I think it was revealed there wasn't it the the whole um, Steve Logan getting back involved yeah Steve with- Logan will be doing some radio early in the season um, Terry will be doing the TV side uh, and then when I think when they get back into uh, conference play and then then terry will switch back over but it'll be awesome to have steve around also talk to steve mm-hmm. and uh he wants he asked if he when he could pop back on 
and talk some Bearcat basketball. So oh, yeah. sometime here in the near future, we're going to have Yancey Gates and Steve Logan. Some dudes. Uh, Dude, some Steve, dudes. Steve was great when he was on He's here last great. time. Because yeah. he was like, he was like, wait a minute, can I can I talk about this kind of stuff? We were like, yeah. I'll load whatever it. you want, bro. Unload the clip, man. We're Let's here. Do it. Yeah. Uh, it was that was that was fun. Um given his new position, though, he may have to be a little more guarded with some of his well, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> True. Stuff that the statute of limitation has expired on things that happened in like 2001, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Although in today's political climate, probably not. He's he, he's the one that revealed that uh, Donald Little was blind in one eye and, and like yeah. would pass it to him. And they'd be like, "Donald, why didn't you catch that?" He's like, I couldn't even see it. But yeah, anyway, that was pretty funny. But uh, that was one yeah. of our best. That was one of our best segments we've ever done. Was with Steve. Oh yeah, he was great. He was great. Um, From an attic, I think it looked like he was in an attic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then his family would randomly pop, and you see him in the background. You're like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" <laughs> I dig it. Um, so you alluded, a, and, and I'm sure there was a lot of rah rah about, "Hey, we believe we're going to get these waivers and whatnot in line," and so that's going to be the rah rah. I continue to push out as well, and and hope for the best there. Um, but you alluded to a little bit the scrimmage that came this past weekend, and the I don't know a lot. Right. 70-68 final score against Indiana State in a game that probably meant a lot to uh, Indiana State, um, the scrimmage. Uh, and it was funny, the presser last week, Wes mentioned that these these are a glorified practice to them. That's why there's no need for any media coverage or no need for anything there other than just the two teams and the officials and then you figure it out what you want to see coming out of it. Um, obviously, Bearcats were down a couple players, uh, and then well, well, more than a couple. But the end result is probably don't want to dive in too much more than than what it was. Other than they're probably able to get some some rotations in that they needed to see, and probably able to get enough out of it. That probably a lot of rotations they didn't want to see. Yeah, when, that you're, hope, when you're playing, that they hope they without, never see <laughs> without three and a half dudes. Without uh, Jamil, Jamil, without CJ, CJ, was limited. He played limited. early, he played late. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he played some, but he didn't play substantial right. minutes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's practice. It's mm-hmm. essentially just practice. Um, it sounded like Vic played well. I heard Dan played well. Uh, not surprising. It sounded like turnovers were an issue. But if you don't have CJ and CMOS on the floor, like those are your highest IQ players, right? You're going to run a lot through them. You're going to, in practice, you're going to rely heavily on them to be the guys that kind of centerpiece your your offense. And didn't really have either of those guys, and it, you did. It was for small stretches with CMOS. So um, two point game at that Vic, from what I heard had a, a putback from short range as time expired that went off the rim and didn't go in. Um, you know, I, I don't put a whole lot. I put as much into that as I do that they lost a close game to Maryland, who's supposed to be in the top 25. Right. Like, it's it's practice with reps. That's, that's all it is. Literally. That is truly all it is. Um, 
Yeah, and and I, I mean, I think the the other CJ CJ Anthony actually saw some time too. I mean, Indiana State is 111th on Ken Palm coming into the year, so they're they're not a terrible team. You know, finished finished dead right. even at 100 last year. Um, looks like they yeah they lost to Bradley, and that might have been the the game before the championship in the MVC. It might have been the the championship game, but either way, they're they're not a bad team. And so when you are facing the adversity that they were facing on top of it, just having it be a glorified practice, I think the final score doesn't really need need to really have too much of an inkling, which is why these super secret scrimmages are supposed to be somewhat super secret because I'm sure the coaching staff doesn't want the fan base to be like, oh, no, they lost to an MVC team, but that's yeah, just what it is. It could be worse. You could be Louisville who just lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. I know. <laughs> exactly. IU was losing by five at halftime yesterday to to uh, UND. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's nothing. It's 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 preseason. It's yeah, coaches working on things. It's trying to figure out what you're. You know, the, the problem is like they don't want to talk about it. We don't know what their strategies were in each game. Like Wes has already said, I have a different strategy for game one and game two. You won't tell us what those are, but like, you know, it's it's much ado about nothing. Yeah, the uh, the much ado about something is is a week from today. So, right, that'll be that'll be when the much ado about something is is upon us. And so, uh, as a reminder, we will be here Sunday night next week. All of you here, Sunday. Sunday Eight o'clock, we will be here, uh, and then the basketball game will be Monday, and then Aaron and I will go live Monday night when I get home from the game to uh, break down the season opener. And shouts, of course, as well to uh, Drew Adams, assistant coach, him and his family welcomed Sloan, Elisa Adams into the world. Um, So, Yeah, I mean, Sunday will – Kind of be the big basketball preview show that yeah. we've been hyping for weeks. We'll Ooh, talk about who we got. We'll, we'll talk about right. who we got by Sunday night. You got them or you don't. You know, and and I'm excited because Aaron's going to have some pizzazz that Sunday night. I, yeah, because there's excited. something fun to talk about. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so. All the cars are on the table right now, man. I tell you what, and, and hopefully it's it could be a fun week leading up to Sunday and leading up to what, opening what's this up. fun week you speak of? Win against UCF. Oh, I don't. I forgot what a fun week was. Maybe a hope, maybe potentially hearing good news. You know, you, know, you never know. I I try to be the eternal optimist at all times. Okay, we know. These days, I've been leaning on, hey, when's the You should try it, too, and it's pretty doggone good. I tell you what. I'm 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 the grief eater this season. Chad, let's hear the funny again. I said, you know, we're at the point in this season where I just wonder when the grief is going to hit so I can get back to feeling like normal. Oh, Chad. Oh, Chad. I like making you guys uncomfortable sometimes. All right, let's 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 timestamp this and and I, you know, <laughs> Dad, anything He's more squirming. on the He's squirming, Aaron. 
Any so more on the right uh, on the waiver things, or are we just kind of waiting in leeway for that? Oh shit! That will be during Sunday night Bengals Bills. Hmm. We can go at Ray. six. We can probably go at six Sunday night. Give everybody a lead. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk it out. Yeah. We'll talk it out. If, I think that game starts at what eight thirty. Sunday yeah. night games are eight thirty. Eight twenty. Maybe yeah. we could go at. Maybe we could go at seven. Yeah. Get in and out. And and get in and out. Yeah. Um I mean, that you, even if we. If you, if you think that Brent is ever going to run an hour and a half show, an hour and 20 show. Well, but the point being, oh, even if we get done like 15 minutes later, like at 845, it's still early in the Bengals game. So it's not terrible. No mailbag. <laughs> no, we don't have a sponsor for it right now, so we can cut it technically. Yeah, technically. But... We'll figure something out. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll let you know on the socials when we're going to go live Sunday night. We, I promise, we won't go live and compete with Bengals Bills the entire game because Aaron's head might explode. Because right now, that's the only thing in his life that gives him joy. And my daughter, and your daughter, and that's I, it. I used to bring him joy too, but now he's he's just saying bad things about me. So. <laughs> Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right. Mailbag brought to you by Homefield. You're you're muted because you were coughing, Chad. I was not. Uh, right. Homefield's a premium college apparel brand based in Indianapolis. Their commitment is to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They have a growing collection of over 150 plus colleges to choose from, including. The Cincinnati Bearcats. Go to homefieldapparel.com and her BCJ23 at checkout and save 15% off of your first order. Holiday oh, season's right. coming up. So I, go I, to home I, wore, I wore the hoodie. I had mine on this morning when I went to take the dogs out, and it was very cold. Very cold at seven o'clock yeah. this morning. All right, uh, mailbag a little light today. I, I get, get it. Me too. Thank you uh, to all of you. What, Thank you. What is the ideal quarterback playing time management program over the last four games? Understanding that under no circumstances can Brady Drogosh have his red shirt burned. Well, he already played in one game. He already played in one game, so you're down to three. I just don't think Drogosh answers any of the questions that you have right now. Like, I don't think he's ready to, like, stand in the pocket and be a passer. Well, we we like to do other sport analogies all the time here. People talk about, especially in baseball, that you bring a kid up 
too early and you wreck his confidence for the rest of his career. Right. Do you, do you really want to do that behind this offensive line this season? If I thought he was more ready to like to pass, I think I would at least like be interested in finding out Aaron. But at the stage he is at where the passing part is still in development for him, I don't want him back there making one read and taking off. Like, I, I think you use these last four games to find out where Brady Lichtenberg is at. And and here's the thing. Like, I know people are like, look, okay, so Brady Drogosh has – he's played one game. Uh, you play Brady Lichtenberg one game, and then you play – Brady Drogosh the last three I, I wouldn't do that like I, I think I want to see four games of Brady Lichtenberg let's see where he's at what it looks like what he looks like with a chance to develop right like who he who he is the first time you throw him out there as a starter it's not gonna hopefully be who he is in game four you know Jason Bean for Kansas is is a guy that's developed uh, the kid at Iowa State developed. The, the guy at Oklahoma State's a little different. I think he's on his fifth school. Um, <laughs> but, like, let the kid go out there and have four games to show what he's got. So not only does Cincinnati know where he stands, so he knows where he stands. I think that's fair. Brent, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think you saw – at, at numerous schools across the country that try to do that multiple quarterback look, especially, I mean, Oklahoma State's the one team that kind of obviously comes to mind for this. disaster. Michigan last year before they went all in with, with, with J.J. McCarthy, it's kind of just, you know, neither player ever really gets a, you know, any semblance of a motor rolling, any, any right. – ability to kind of flow with with the team it's kind of just an erratic like okay throw this guy in for this series see how he does throw this guy in on the next series i could see possibly like a similar situation to what has happened the last couple games when like we'll find out tomorrow but the chances are i mean emory jones will be the starter on saturday yeah yeah i i think i'm just stating my opinion i think what i i think sat probably wants to win a game um and he probably sees this Saturday as a true chance to win it with what has what they've been doing so far, I guess. Um, and to the point where maybe he does start Emory this game and maybe has a shorter leash than three quarters type situation. But I, I don't know. I think uh, I think I think you do have to give a little bit more time to one of the two Bradys, and obviously Lichty is is the first to see what he's got and let him get into the flow of the game and see if he can't build up some sort of a, you know, consistent good looks in the final few stretches of, of, of the way. So I agree with you on that. As far as getting Drogosh in there. Yeah. You know, the, those final three games. Sure. If you, if you can find a good time to get him in and, and get him some snaps, then definitely do it. But don't, don't force the hand like you were saying there. Uh in the chat here real quick, did Coach Satterfield forego the post-game presser at Oklahoma State? No, we just didn't have anybody there um, at, as Bearcat Journal to um, There was a post-game press conference. That. It's up somewhere on the internet. All right. Um, 
Next question. What's the percentage the Godfather is off to the draft after this year? He has indicated he wants to stay as long as he can stay. That is a Godfather thing. That is his personality. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what number I would put on it. Uh, logic would say, go get your money, young man. But Dante's a different dude. Like, yeah. this city means a lot to him. And he is a big deal in this city. So I know he's, he's talked got... a lot about his, he's talked a lot about the relationship with his mother. Uh, has there ever been any talk about him graduating and how much that means to his mother? I mean, I'm sure it's there, but that's not really a thing. And he, like, if he goes to the NFL after this year, he'll have the op same opportunities like a sure. had to graduate. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And He's the type of kid that would put in that that work. Right. You know, so I don't think that's a, a, as much of a factor as it might be for some guys. I think he just likes being around. I guess we'll find out what kind of toll this season has taken on him. Um, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go 55 45. He stays. And uh, I reserve the right to change that accordingly as we get closer. Right? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, uh, twenty-five percent chance he leaves. Kind of, kind of for everything that Chad mentioned, but more, more also, it's going to take a big, a big pitch from the staff. You know, saying, "Hey, we've we've got this kind of a, you know, goal." And in, in, in the next, you know, season, obviously, you're going to be a big time piece of that. And I think uh, he he does relish in in being that hometown hero, still trying to get things right for the city. You know, it, him and Deshaun Pace have mentioned it numerous times. Is the whole, you know, leaving the program better than it was when you first entered it, which is hard for these these guys. Good luck because <laughs> of, of the most recent success. But yeah, I think he, he he's probably one player that definitely wants to continue to try and you know make make all this work. Yeah, I'd be, I guess, a little surprised if he left. Not shocked, but a little surprised. Um, right. So I, I'm kind of with Brent on that 75-25 was the first numbers that popped into my head. So, Darren, he's had some uh, some NIL deals with local restaurants and a couple other, like, smaller things. Uh, do I think there's a move to get him to help his decision to stay? I have no idea, man. Like, I, that's the one thing one we try to do. Athletes, too. Yeah. It's one of the things we try to do is be honest with you. I'm not going to be like, uh, yeah, I think if Proctor and Gamble throws $250,000 his way, he'll stay. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Everybody's got their own decision-making process, and I don't try to pretend to know what that is for, for different guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, what backup offensive linemen are ready for playing time? Do you see any of them getting significant playing time the rest of this season? If there were backup offensive linemen ready for playing time, I think we would have seen them by now. Well, and, and also you you can potentially return the the interior of the offensive line. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you don't want to mess with that too much to try and continue that continuity. But maybe yeah, if 
and, and I think John Williams, I think Williams and Buford can come back also. Right, right. So, like, you I, have the potential to return your entire offensive line, which would be uh, significant in the development of an offensive line. If they have a season under their belt and they get yep. to come back, uh, yep. you would hope they improve. But there's also the age old belief that um, returning guys that struggled uh, doesn't guarantee that they're going to be good the following year. Uh, what I would say there is hopefully you would be able to focus on the weakness, which is pass protection and continue to accentuate the strength, which let's be honest, this has been a good run blocking offensive line. Um, so there would be at least a foundation to build on if you go forward with, with at least most of the group that you have. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. Uh, what is the most frustrating part of this team for each of you when you're watching? All of it. Um, defensive all back. Yeah, all of it is, is the correct answer. Defensive backfield really frustrates me. Um, then I just kind of the lack of anything special teams because we've just been so spoiled for a lack of a better term by recent special teams. And now when we don't have anything explosive coming out of that, other than, you know, I mean, even Carter Brown, who's, who's been proved to be pretty reliable at the one on, uh, on Saturday. And it just special teams as a whole has, has really been, been frustrating as well. For Not me, great job. For me, it's the big play that we used to be able to do, whether it was Dez, whether it was Jerome Ford, whether it was Sauce. Tyler Scott, was, Trey Tucker, yeah. Kobe, yeah, I mean, whether it was – and it, it wasn't just on special teams. It wasn't just on offense. It wasn't just on defense. It was that whole thing that I've talked a little bit about this season is making your own luck and being able to win these 50-50 plays or mm -hmm. just picking picking the ball off in a, in a clutch moment when you needed to create a turnover. Um yeah. Breaking breaking off a, a splash play, which again for me is is twenty five or more. But we got used to those kind of splash plays, right? Like we got used to those last year. The the talk was like how we were a little too one dimensional with only splash plays. <laughs> and, I, I miss we needed to get a get a running game going. And now I miss the splash plays with my entire being. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's just that's the most frustrating part. Is I don't feel like there's any big play opportunities happening right now on offense, on defense, certainly not on special teams yes. um, in any facet of special teams. So it's, it's just like, if there was something minus, to get minus mild busting a big run in each of the last two games, there is that. And, and, but it's, Th those are the only things that like give you something to lean on. And the first pass play of the game uh, where they went for big yardage and then they went one for four in the rest of the half passing the ball it just feels like the big plays wah, are so wah. so few and far between this entire season that they're almost forgettable and that i don't say that as a knock on the, the ones making those no, plays, i know what you're saying but it's, yeah. it's just that the the rest the the filler well has been here's the problem aaron is that in between you see splash plays the other team makes four yeah so that's why they're forgettable right because UC makes one, and then the other team makes four, and then we finally see another UC one, 
and it results in a like a missed field goal or a, an interception or a failed fourth and one in the red zone or whatever the case may be. Yeah. All right. Um, that is the football portion of the mailbag. Moving Man, on I, to the bats. I did want to mention one thing. It looks like actually on PFF's big board for the draft, Dante is a top 50 prospect. So if, if that is true and he is being told he's grading out as a top 50 prospect, like Chad said, I think it's, yeah. Go, go get your money, man. Go, go get your money. So if, if I'm always in favor of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was more on the it, side of like, he'd if be, it was he'd be hard decision, Yeah. But look, I did this for uh, 12 years before I made enough money to pay myself. Right. Right. Like go get your money, bro. Go get yeah. your money. Yeah, he'd be he'd be hard pressed to make as much as he's going to make in the NFL. He's not he's not like you're not uh, the NIL is not the same here as it is in some of these places where you're. And it's not like he's going to go from a top fifty player to a top ten top ten player. Yeah, where the the difference is significant. If you're a monumental second round guy, you're a second round guy. It, yeah. It, you're not jumping up into like you know lottery pick status for lack of a better term yeah to where you know the money is life changing to come back for a year and and, and not, I also wanted to give one, one last shout out go, go ahead well, I was just going to say not with what we've seen thus far yeah right um shouts to Jawan Briggs he had my favorite play of the Oklahoma State game when he absolutely yep. blew blew up that tackle pulling tackle. That's what we talked about last. He's going to get drafted. Like lit him up. He has enough tape of things he's done. And he's going to take great size, great strength. People are going to be blown away by this human. Yeah. Great human. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is the football portion of the mailbag. Moving along to the basketball portion of the mailbag, which only has one question. But it's a good one. As we stand on the doorstep of the Coach Wes Miller's third regular season campaign, which of the following seven songs do you think will symbolize the 23-24 season? A Long December by Counting Crows, one of my favorites. Uh, Baby, I Love Your Way by Peter Frampton. Give Me Three Steps by Leonard Skinnerd. We Will Rock You by Queen. Bouncing Around the Room by Fish. Comfortably numb. Top five favorite songs bouncing around the room. Sentimental. Comfortably comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. Cleaning out my closet by Eminem. Bonus selection won't get fooled again by The Who. And kicking arse in the morning and taking names in the evening. Marshall Bruce Mathers the third. It's Eminem for you. It is Eminem. Bruce Mathers. For you, for you, non-Detroit folk out there, <laughs> Chad, you're the music man. What you got? I mean, I'm not really the music man. Um, you and Aaron, definitely. Uh, oh, give me a minute. You guys answer. I'm gonna go with "I Like the Way You Move" by Outcast. Outcast. Why is 
Why is that? Just because the way the... Because they're supposed to be faster from all indications. They are supposed to be a faster team. Um, they're supposed to be moving off the ball better, and there's been a large focus on that. There's been a focus on trying to potentially get back to the full court press. Um, if Aziz, Jamil get cleared, I think we're going to start seeing some dunking again, finally. Hey! Um, which I have missed so damn much um so i i'm going with for all of those reasons i like the way you move yeah that's I got what it. i'm saying the pointer sisters i'm so excited you're gonna hear it next week <laughs> next <laughs> sunday will be a lot more pointer sisters out of me i'll tell you that much <laughs> i got mine so the next episode dr dre da 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 right it's the next episode. No more AAC into the Big Twelve. No more into, Under Armour. No more Under Armour into yeah. the into the Jumpman era. The next episode. I think that's. I think I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Good job. I mean, I mean, gosh, I might just sit here and play Pointer Sisters and just sing it if uh, <laughs> if some. I don't if one, if, just give me, just give me someone. Just clear one of them instantly, please. I just, I, I picture you like what? Jesse Spano. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's, it's been an, a very interesting mix of that. Very, very interesting mix of that the last month. Oh. Um, <laughs> in all fronts, in all fronts, when it comes to Bearcats. So, yes. <laughs> So the, the excited part is the non-con, and then so scared is the conference part. I, no, I, I think the makeup of this team, obviously the the two elements in the room that we've mentioned numerous times, but the makeup of the team is damn exciting. I like, just – look, after, about, about, after as high as I was on football, I'm trying not to get out over my skis on basketball. I can't take about, another letdown. Especially when we're about, thirteen and zero heading into conference play, let's go. Uh, shut the fuck up for a second. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> How about "Dirty" by Christina Aguilera? I want to get dirty. Underrated music all, video. All time music video. All time music video. Or <laughs> easy scenario. Dog. Scenario. No, that red man. <laughs> yeah, scenario. Red Tribe Called Quest is a good one. Okay, sure. So what? So what's the what's the scenario? Like you got to tell me the scenario. Do they get the waivers? Do they not get the waivers? Or do they have to play big? Can they play small? Scenario. Tribe called Quest. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. What's what's that one? Say the last dance for me. If things go wrong, black by Pearl Jam. My favorite Pearl Jam song. All right. That's uh, the basketball version of the mailbag. <laughs> Moving on to the last version. One last question here. Rapid Fire Friends Edition with Matthew Perry passing away. RIP. Let's have some fun. We're going to have some fun with Matthew Perry's death? Come on, Let's skins, have some you fun. You morbid motherfucker. After he <laughs> Drowned in a jacuzzi. Uh, who was the best well, character? He apparently on... had a heart attack and drowned in a jacuzzi. That's a bad way to go, bro. 
you're in a jacuzzi, you have a heart attack and double whammy. Um, who who was the best character on Friends and why was it Paul Rudd's? Uh, I didn't watch enough of Friends to tell you who the best character it was, was. It was Joey Tribbiani was the best character on Friends. Not Matt LeBlanc, yeah. Um, Not even close. I had a massive crush on Jennifer Aniston because of Friends. It was uh, oh, it was super hot. Almost too much to handle. Still looks but, the uh, exact same. Oh, she does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so my answer will always be Jennifer Aniston. Rachel. Yeah. But Rachel. Joey was the better character. Yeah, Joey. Joey was for sure. And and it's funny. Paul like, Rudd's character was good though. One of my friends growing up. The was, other. Good. No, one of my friends growing up just acted like Matthew Perry's character in Friends, like during daily life. So I I always told him that, and he was like, "Okay, <laughs> I agree, I agree." Um. I would say my other second favorite would be Ursula, which was Phoebe's uh, evil twin sister that did porn under Phoebe's name, okay. which was an all-time episode when they thought Phoebe <laughs> was doing porn and they were okay. watching the tape. And Joey was like, I can't watch that. I can't watch that. And then Phoebe came in and she was like, that's my sister. And Joey was like, yes, I can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All-time, all-time great Friends episode. Gosh, I'm looking at some of the people that made guest, guest oh, appearances. Oh, was a guest appearance on Friends. Danny DeVito was Roy the Stripper. Yep, I remember that. Charlie Sheen. That. That wow. Okay. Assuming the BCJ cast is forced to live together, who is the first person Chad kills? Aaron. <laughs> it's I close think it would Brent. be... It's close. I was going to say, I think it would be close between me and Brett. Close. It's close. It's close. How? I want to I'm, gr- I'm a great roommate. Amazing roommate. I feel like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, when most people would want to go to sleep after a long night of drinking, though, you, you want to keep going until 7 a.m. Yeah, no duh. Yeah, and I'd want to kill you. But I'll still be at the bar doing that. And then I'd <laughs> they were in New York, so the bars would be open until 4. I right. should be asleep by the time Brent gets home. Now, exactly. if he came home and woke me up, I would want to kill him. Don't worry, I'm a quiet bear. Sneak my way in, eat my Taco Bell, and hit, hit the hay. It's about all we do. Walrus says the first person that dies is Royer killing himself on day two. Already tired of everyone's bullshit. Look, Walrus, this is you're talking about a guy that informs us at seven fifty five every Monday that he's going to be late for the show. He is, he is very late today. He's he is two hours still and running six late. minutes late. He's still running late. He but... said, "I had some work. I will text you when I'm on my way home." Uh, and we haven't heard from him. I hope he's okay. Yeah, he's been on one tonight. You aren't lying. Dripped up. Um, Reese, uh, Deanna, uh, Reese Witherspoon as Rachel's sister was great. That was really good. I did like that <laughs> because he doesn't want to deal with our bullshit. Well, then I don't want to pay it. It's a simple transaction. He doesn't want to be here. That's fine. Um, who was the most irritating character on Friends, and why is the correct answer Ross? It's Ross, without question. Yeah, it's Ross. 
Because, like, Phoebe's too funny to be annoying. Right. Right. I mean, Rachel's Rachel. Monica was annoying at times. But she was she, she's a good, good-looking yeah. gal. But Ross was fucking annoying. He, well, the other answer is Fran Drescher. <laughs> but her character was designed to be annoying. Right? Like, that was the whole point of casting her was to be annoying. Well, and, so I, and it was annoying too because Ross got Rachel, so everyone's like, "Ah, screw you, man!" So, so even without Rachel, Ross was annoying. Yeah, true. Yeah, Janice. Follow-up. Janice was annoying. Diana. Follow-up question: Has Jennifer Aniston aged in the last twenty years? Is she a goddess? Yes. No, but plastic surgery is a hell of a drug. Look, man. Oh, please. That's. You think that she hasn't had work done? Get out of here, Brent. Did you watch The Breakup? Great movie. She had her nose done, I believe, while on Friends. Good for her. I'm not. She made a. She made I'm a not million dollars an episode. My for my, po- my my right, but my point is that's why she hasn't aged. Horrible bosses. She had a great role in that. I thought he was going to say a great rap. <laughs> Get us out of here, Brent. Hey guys, we are uh, we are a week away. <laughs> we're smiling, we're, we're laughing, and Aaron has energy. We made it. You, uh, it, it'll be the second half of UIC. We're talking about Day Day Thomas with a with a quick fifteen points. You know, Daniel Skilling just wait, threw wait, down wait, a wait, dunk. Wait, 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 that game starts at nine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. 9 p.m. tip. Okay, Aaron. Keep yourself muted. But there you are. 9, 9 p.m. That means tip. we're not doing a nightcap, a live nightcap until midnight that night. Yeah. All right. 3.30 p.m. Saturday for live from Nippert Stadium. Got those, uh, got those pesky Central Florida Knights coming to town. So keep uh, keep looking at that. Um, and then, of course, as, as I just said, a week away from the tip-off of the basketball season. West Miller, year three, excitement abounds. PCJ is going to have it all. But uh, for my guys, my pals, big shouts to Homefield, big shouts to Danco Transmission and I don't care. And also big shouts to Quick Paper Supply. Um, my guys, my pals, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearCatJournal.com. See ya!